0: I, yeah.
1: Holiday week. I think, um, I was just going to say, I think this is the only work I'm doing this week, except it's definitely not because we, we got lots of meetings and, you know, preaching on Sunday and all that stuff. So
0: yeah, no, um, you have a normal work week. I have a normal <laughs> week.
1: I have a normal week just with Thursday off.
0: Yeah, I yeah. don't. And so we'll see what time this gets published. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Cause you guys are, you're going to visit family, right? Leaving yeah. on Wednesday. Okay. leaving
0: on Wednesday. And so I'm sure this will be published Somewhere between here and central Wisconsin from think, the car.
1: I think the church needs to buy you guys one of those mobile cellular hotspots that you could just put in the car so that that way we could require you to always work from
0: anywhere. See, that is very healthy.
1: That's the dream, isn't it?
0: <laughs> That's all I desire. I just want to work all the time.
1: All the time from anywhere. No breaks yeah, ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. Dream, well, dream
1: big, Claire. Dream big.
0: I'm fighting that. Um all right. So Joey, give us a rundown from your sermon on Sunday,
1: yeah, sure. Um, so this last Sunday, we were looking at two parallel miracle stories. We've shifted back to Peter, right? We were with Saul for quite a while. Saul, Paul, uh, later, you know, he becomes known known more by his name, Paul. But, um, we shifted back to Peter. And this is significant. You know, Peter, we're seeing him on this trajectory towards, taking the gospel to Gentiles. And it's really important. I think uh, we'll talk about this more next week, but it's really important that Peter's the one who initially opens the door to Gentiles. Cause if it had been someone other than, you know, the guy of whom Jesus said, you will be the rock and on you, I will build the church for him to, to take it beyond the Jewish nation. Like it's, it's gotta be him that opens the door to this, but Mm. anyway, that's for next week. Um, okay.
0: I'm so I'm writing it down. So I'm going to ask okay. you about it. You can again ask me about it then. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're shifting towards Peter and he's on this trajectory towards Cornelius and Caesarea. And we've get two stories that kind of get him closer to Cornelius Caesarea, like close enough to be within striking distance of this big story, this big part of, of the story of the church that, that Luke is starting to drive towards. Um, but along the way, Peter's just doing his pastoral care rounds, um, caring for the churches that the Jerusalem church feels responsible for. And uh, along the way, he runs into these two different individuals, Aeneas and Tabitha. Aeneas, who's been paralyzed for at least eight years, and Tabitha, who's passed away. Um, And her story is actually less about her as it is more about the widows who relied on her, depended on her charity. She was a a big influential part of the Christian community there in Joppa where she lived. And uh, so both of these... Stories. I was really captivated, um, or, or I think my imagination was captured as I was studying. And one of the commentaries had this, just this one little line that said, um, "Jesus is caring for a, a man who can't make his own bed, and for widows who relied on the the generosity of a deceased garment maker." And it's like, oh, that's what these stories are about. These are about Jesus seeing. The people that we would otherwise think of as insignificant. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, it's like these aren't filler stories. They're not just examples of further miracles or something like that. They do serve a purpose in the bigger story of moving Peter closer to Caesarea. But every big story is made up of a thousand little stories, thousand small stories. And getting to see just two of them, I think reminds us that, yeah, Jesus Maybe There may be world-changing events happening, but in the midst of it, he's still pouring out his resurrection power on, I think, the line was something like average individuals in obscure places. Um, and mm-hmm. that's a pretty big comfort, I think, for mm-hmm. average individuals like us in flyover country.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Joey, is there anything that you needed to cut for time from the sermon?
1: You know, there's no... Uh, one big thought or uh, things like that that I, I cut out, but kind of a lot of little stuff. Um, you know, For instance, one thing that I didn't really dig into is the healing of Aeneas and, and then the resurrection of Tabitha. Um, Luke kind of tells the stories the same way he tells uh, stories of Jesus doing similar things in uh, his gospel in Luke chapter five and Luke chapter seven. Same sort of, um, it, it, the difference though, being that here, um, Peter has to call on the power of Jesus to heal or bring back to life. And of course, in the gospel, Jesus isn't calling on any other power or authority than his own and, and saying, I heal you. So we've got a, a guy who's bedridden for eight years, confined to sort of a temporary bed, a cot. And that's very similar to the story of the four friends who bring their paralyzed friend on the cot and they like lower him through the roof. And Jesus says, I tell you, get up, you know, take up your cot, make your bed. Um, and then you've got the, uh, raising the widow's son. That's the one, um, in, uh, Luke seven. And I say to you, you know, young man, I say to you, arise. Um, and it's like, it's just, it's kind of the same, same language. Now, one thing that some uh, commentaries point out that I didn't really emphasize is Mark includes a story that Luke does not of Jesus uh resurrecting a a little girl who's died and in aramaic mark tells us in aramaic jesus says to her talitha kum or kumi which means little girl um it's time to get up something Mm. like that arise like little girl arise and so there's actually been um you know over the centuries as scribes have copied uh, made copies of copies of copies, every once in a while, this one error creeps in where they accidentally changed the name of Tabitha to Talitha, which isn't yeah. a name, which means little girl, yeah. um, because of the similarity. So some are like, hey, you know, if Peter would have been speaking here, he would have said Tabitha Kumi. And that's just like back in Mark. And it's like, well, I think it's probably just coincidence because Tabitha is a name, Talitha is not um, anytime you're looking at something, you're like, "Well, you know, what he really would have said would have been in this language, and therefore we know and making connections that really aren't there in the text at all." That's kind yeah, of stretching. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's an interesting coincidence, but I don't really think it's much more beyond that. I, I, Luke was certainly aware of what Mark had written, um, but I think if Luke wanted us to catch that, then he would have included that story in in his gospel as well, in that same kind uh, of language to get yes. us to see it. So yeah, uh, there's that. Okay. One other little note, um, only once in Acts does Luke use the feminine form of the word disciple. Um, and it's here in verse 36 to refer to Tabitha. Um, okay. So for whatever that's worth, there you go. Little nugget. Well, I was
0: just going to say, what's that worth, Joey? Do you yeah, know? Yeah, it's
1: just one little nugget. Um, everywhere, yeah. I, I mean, I think because he's referring to one woman and he refers to her as a disciple. And so he uses the feminine form of the word disciple.
0: Yeah. Does that give like any addition, like other people would notice that Um, it's not something that we would know if we were just reading mm-hmm. it, but people reading this in its original form would pick up on that. Like, does mm-hmm. that give more credibility to women in the church at all?
1: Uh, that and Luke, uh, Luke does this really interesting thing with the way he tells stories. He almost always tells stories in doublets and he almost always includes a male and a female. And often he will present the male and then present the female and tell a fuller story and give her more standing and credibility um, within the church or in the gospel story. Sure. So he, he tends to to do that, tell a male female story and kind of expand um, the, the woman's side. So Aeneas is fairly insignificant to use kind of a you know, poor way of describing it, since that's the whole sermon was about how he's not insignificant at all. Yeah. Uh, but Tabitha is, is presented much more thoroughly. It's it's a more thoroughly told story. And she is of, of much greater standing in the community, or at least is presented that way than Aeneas is. So okay. yeah, we get one of these pictures of a female disciple who is a leader in her local church, provides uh, probably provides the space where the church is meeting, and is full of um, good works and acts of charity and is making uh, a huge difference uh, among the poor uh, as part of, in her congregation, or the congregation she's part of.
0: Yeah, well, I like the nugget that you just said of like how Luke includes stories of like these couplets or triplets of like pairings Mm -hmm. of different people. And now that's something that I want to be able to look for when I read like the gospel or his gospel or this one. Yeah, for sure. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, All right, so uh random thought like I don't know if you have any comment towards this or not but so you did say in your sermon whether it was intentional or not like Mm -hmm. Jesus I'm sure it was intentional everything you do I feel like is intentional but Mm -hmm. like Jesus decided to heal this person Mm -hmm. and um I don't remember who it was in reference to which individual but I think that Sometimes we forget that like who does the healing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when um, it made me think of a time when um, I was like a part of a prayer group and someone asked for healing because they were losing their hearing, like, could my hearing be restored or could at least it stop from, could I stop losing it? Like, could it just Mm -hmm. be paused here? And this Mm -hmm. is where it is. And um, instead of praying for that person, leading the prayer group was like, well, I'm going to pray and ask if that's what God actually wants for, like me to pray, if that's in line with God's will. And I don't think we often think about like, is the healing in line with God's will? It's hard to imagine it not being in line with a good God's will, like in wrestling with like, why wouldn't God want that? You know, um, you mentioned a little bit about why God would want Tabitha healed for the benefit mm-hmm. of these widows. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know any comment to just like the thought of healing being what God intends and like us talking right. to him about it right. and not assuming God would say two thumbs up. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Right. Um, yeah. Because uh, it's a tough question because even in ex. Right. We look at this one story and we're like, see, Jesus wants to heal. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of chapters later, like some of the apostles are gonna get killed. And it's like, well, w- why no resurrection there? Like, why not? I mean, how consequential would that have been if, you know, James is killed and then Jesus is like, undo and James is back, like, you see, you tried, but look, I'm seeing right. Um, yeah. or why does Paul have a thorn in the flesh that never goes away? Right? It's it is absolutely true that God desires our flourishing, our healing, our wholeness, that doesn't immediately follow then that it's absolutely true that he wants it for us right now. He has already promised and made the way for us to experience complete healing and wholeness in the kingdom to come. And sometimes when it's his will, that healing and wholeness in the kingdom to come, sort of we get to borrow it early and experience some bit of it early um it's always temporary everyone because ultimately we know tabitha did die (laughs) yeah she died again right yep yeah and eventually aeneas you know was confined to a coffin um yeah it's always temporary and so i think it's more important for us to rest in the assurance of what is to come while ask, you know, we, it's it's certainly not wrong to ask, can I get a foretaste of that now? Can I get a glimpse of it now? But more than even the healing right now, I think what God desires is that we, we faithfully, we live faithfully anticipating the wholeness that is to come. Yeah. And that may mean learning how to let go of things like my hearing. Um, like I am, the thing that like, I'm deathly afraid of,
0: don't speak it out loud.
1: <laughs> my sight. I know, oh, right? Don't don't call it into don't existence. Like, it I know. Can you, Matt, I cannot fathom yeah. what it would be like to not be able to read. I know,
0: um, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it
1: just kills me. Um, And yet, if that's ultimately what happens, right, then I will certainly pray for healing or forestall that or something. But ultimately, I am going to lose everything that I value. Except for the hope of wholeness in the kingdom mm-hmm. to come,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, whether I lose yeah. it now or lose it later, I'm going to lose it all at some point.
0: Yeah, um, Joey. What other stories after Jesus's resurrection? What other miracles in the early church are documented of resurrect, like life or death to life miracles,
1: right? right like right. this one. Uh, we we've got Eutychus coming up. Okay. Um he's the guy listening to Paul and fall asleep fell out of the thing. Yeah. And some people debate did he really die and resurrected or was he just knocked out and you know whatever. Um but we do have I think Matthew recounts um it's like people coming out of the graves like there's uh there's more stories it's just we don't get that they, they're never really the point, you know. Um mm-hmm. it's like the resurrections are never really the point. The inbreaking of the kingdom is certainly the point um but none of the er, early sort of historians are recording these kind of things for us um probably cuz it, it's like i don't know if it's just confined to that particular time or um or if it's just this issue of like that you know let's not fixate on the miraculous or the extraordinary when mm-hmm. the point is hey new life is available to everyone
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in some form or another
0: And I totally get that. I also think some people, critics would say like that gives credibility to the case Mm -hmm. for Christ and like God's existence of like the more things that are recorded like that, that you just can't explain. You're like, Mm -hmm. you have to, we have Mm -hmm. to be able to like surrender, like trying to explain and understand and just say like, this must be true. I don't know. Yeah. Well,
1: it's that also, I I think that's a good point, but it also reminds me of, and I, I forget is this. Lazarus, I think, um, when Lazarus dies and, and anyway, the, who is it? The, the, whatever, the wicked guy, I I'm totally blanking on the story right now. You're putting me on the spot, um, or I'm putting myself on the spot, <laughs> um, says to Abraham, Hey, if you just sent, sent me back to my brothers so I could warn them about this. And Abraham says, look, you've got Moses and the prophets. Like what, what, what more could a resurrection yeah. do, uh, to, to uh validate this so
0: yeah
1: now that's a little different context because that's somebody growing up within israel like part of the covenant people and hey you've had this testimony this whole time and i think you know one of the reasons there's so many miracles and so much of this kind of stuff happening as the gospel moves out to gentiles is to say like you've never experienced this god before let me show you what it's like right and so there is some of that validation that comes from uh the miraculous but ultimately, and I think we preached this when we talked about the lame beggar, it's like, ultimately, the real miracle is new life in Jesus. Right. No matter what else happens.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Super. All right, Joey, any final thoughts from this sermon on Sunday? Or this yeah.
1: Passage? Um, you know, th- there were different directions we could go applicationally. I kind of uh, leaned into the we need to hear for ourselves that there's no such thing as an insignificant person in the kingdom of God, because we tend to view ourselves that way. If we're, I mean, honestly, we're all average people living in flyover country. If we measure ourselves against the biggest and the best, like we're all just like, what do we have to offer? Um, but I think there's a flip side to it, which is also, Hey, I need to learn to see other people as not insignificant Two different people. One after each service, um, Mentioned to me C.S. Lewis's comment in uh, his famous sermon, The Weight of Glory, when he says, You have never met a mere mortal, right? He says, Art and culture and all these other things, that's mortal, that will pass away, but the people you meet are immortal. Um, And remembering, oh, yeah, that, yeah, there is no such thing as an insignificant person because we're all made in the image of God.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So, me learning to see people like that, I think, is huge. And actually, Joel, the guy who uh, writes our sermon discussion questions, he homed in on that himself as well, without any input from me about who do I need to connect with to be like, hey, you know, uh, people I've tended to see as insignificant that I need to see differently. And Joel also wrote some good discussion questions for us too about our own: do we feel insignificant, and why, and how do we address that with the gospel.
0: Yeah. So we recommend people checking that out on, yeah, for uh, sure. on the app or through our website. You can get them both ways and print them if you want them, you know, through the website. But yeah, just go through the exercise of walking through mm-hmm. those questions in the, in some, give yourself some space and time. And I mean, honestly, every week I would say is worth doing. It's really, yeah. they're really good. Yeah, they're really good. Um, but yeah, yeah. Take the time to um, go through the application of the sermon from this mm-hmm. week and do some of that work.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, hear what's being said, but there's a podcast I listen to that they end every single episode and he's like a thousand episodes in and they're all like interviews with different people. And he ends every episode with remember to not only listen to the podcast, but to put what you heard into practice.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a good
1: reminder. Yeah, you got to it takes intentionality to think through okay I heard this thing now what am I going to do with it
0: it's the harder part of the two, yeah for sure. honestly for yeah sure. one just requires you to show up and give a little bit of your time and attention the other mm-hmm. one is like heart work honestly mm-hmm. hard hard work sometimes hard hard
1: and yet it's hard for the guy preaching it too
0: mm-hmm. like
1: it's really easy to write a sermon preach a sermon and then be like okay fine I'm over with that one and move to the next one instead of going like wait what am I supposed to do with this so yeah this one kind of yeah. challenged me. Cause it's real easy to look at a room full of people and kind of categorize and who's worth my time and who's not. And it's like, Oh, I'm not, you know, it feels so I shouldn't admit that out loud, but it's, just, we all do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So, Yeah. Thanks for being open about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your turn. Who do you judge?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Come on. You know, I think that sometimes uh, even just having my own children, I think that I struggle with Seeing children is less significant, mm-hmm. um, which is dumb because like, I love my own children, but like how many times are I'm like, Oh, an adult's time might be more important than a kid's time. Like, mm-hmm. um, sure. or, uh, sure. when do I act inconvenienced? Like, for example, when we're all together as adults, like in our family, and if I'm enjoying a conversation with my sister and my kid needs something or wants to show me something or whatever, and I'm like, hang on. And then i I might still give them some attention, but I, uh, am annoyed by it. Or I feel like, come on, mm-hmm. um, no, they're, they aren't any less like worthy of receiving our best, um, just because they're kids, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so maybe that's my challenge for myself is just seeing kids with just as much yeah. value.
1: Well, it's not just you, uh, um, it's me as well. And also it's a good reminder, like we've got uh, this thanks- this Sunday after Thanksgiving, we've got Family Worship Sunday. And so many of us are gonna be in there feeling guilty that our kids are making noise and taking away from the adult experience yeah. of the worship service when it's like, I-, I remember, I think this is apocryphal, who knows? Uh, D.L. Moody was once asked, like how many people came to Jesus in this one particular talk? And he said, you know, 42 and a half. And they're like, oh, 42 adults and one child? He's like, no, 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 no. One adult and 42 children. You know, because he's like, because the kids still have their whole lives to live. Uh, The adults, they're halfway through it. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah,
0: Yeah. no, that's a good perspective. I think, yeah, just reminding, hey, this Sunday is a good way to practice uh, giving parents grace, kids Mm -hmm. grace, and not, uh, but being like, Fully involving them in our yeah. worship, um God is just as pleased to have a little child worship come and worship Him. So absolutely, yeah.
1: it'll be fun for me. You know, it'll be a challenge to figure out how to take thirty-three verses and tell the story in a way that that kids also connect with what God's doing in the world. Maybe
0: if you like, brought puppets up there, I could juggle or puppets or puppets <laughs> <laughs> or like some ventriloquism, maybe.
1: Maybe I could bring that Sparky puppet I used to run when I was in high school and helping in Iwana, and I was the voice of Sparky, the puppet guy for Sparky.
0: You've been training yes. for this your whole life, and you didn't my
1: know that, Joey. My whole life, I've been talking with my hands.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll figure it out no matter what you do. I'm sad I'll miss it, but maybe I'll live stream it just to make sure it
1: was as good as promised. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Ooh, well, let's let's see what happens.
0: All right, thanks, Joey, for your time. <laughs>
1: Hey, this was fun. Yeah, we'll talk again next week.
0: All right. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.